Are you facing a decision in your life or do you know someone who is? If so, the tools I lift up in this episode may be helpful. Stay tuned. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, Senior Pastor of St. Philip the Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. Good to be with you as always. Over the last few weeks, um, maybe even back to 2023, I've met with a number of people from the church. This is sort of part of my ongoing role is connecting with folks, having coffee with folks, talking to people about uh, their lives. And a number of those conversations recently, in my mind, seem to have been focused on questions about decisions that these people are sitting with. You know, do I turn right or do I turn left? I'm at a crossroads in my life. Which way do I go? How do I decide? And I have found myself in all those conversations, and of course each one is unique and particular and specific, so a lot of what I do is just listen, honestly. But I have found myself in all those conversations pointing people to a specific chapter from a particular book that I think does a really good job of giving the reader some tools tools to use as they sit with a decision. And I honestly, I do not remember if I've talked about this before. I may have. Uh, If I have, that's okay. It bears repeating, I think. The book I'm thinking of is uh, called The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything by a Jesuit priest named James Martin. And the particular chapter uh, I'm talking about is called What Should I Do? Question mark. And I, I would commend the book and the chapter to you. I'm going to lift up just a few things from that chapter today that are a distillation. It is not, com- what, I, what I'm going to say is not comprehensive. Um, there are other ideas in the chapter and they're worth reading and thinking about. But I'll sort of summarize a few uh, points from the chapter. I'll start with sort of a, a baseline point and I'll end with a very important um, reminder about all decisions. And in the middle, I've got three simple tools you can use if you are facing a decision. So the baseline point is that uh, Ignatius of Loyola, who is the founder of the Jesuit order, um, encourages us at, at moments of decision to have a posture of indifference. And that word in our our world has a negative connotation. He doesn't mean it to be negative. What he's trying to say is to the degree you're able to, and this is again, this sort of baseline uh, approach to decision-making, take the emotion out of it. Try to be as objective and um, indifferent as you can. And here I'll just read uh, what, what, um, what Ignatius means meant by indifference was freedom the freedom to approach each decision afresh, the ability to be be detached from one's initial biases and to step back, the willingness to carefully balance the alternative. Um, In no way does it mean indifference, unconcerned or unimportant. It means or implies interior freedom. Okay, so we're, we're searching in all of our decision-making to be free to make the best decision, the right decision, the correct decision, the decision that most honors God. Okay, so how do we do that? And again, this, this chapter includes a number of, of sort of thought experiments or tools. I'll lift up three. The first <clears throat> is as you sit with the potential decision pathways, the options in front of you, Try to discern, and these are very sort of Ignatian words again, which of the pathways brings you on the one hand consolation or on the other hand desolation. 
Consolation is a sense, I'm reading here, is a sense of God's presence uh, and those interior feelings that lead to peace, tranquility, and joy. So as you sit with one option among your multiple options if you're making a decision, is there one that that stands out as bringing you those feelings of tranquility and peace and joy? And are there other dis- options that would bring, again, desolation, which brings you feelings um, of agitation or restlessness uh, or unhappiness? These feelings mean you are moving away from a good decision, okay? So I hope that makes sense. So consolation or desolation. Try to discern which pathway brings you feelings of either of those things. That's a helpful sort of lens through which to discern um, which might be the decision God is calling you to. The second uh, idea, again among many, is imagine that someone has come to you with the exact circumstances you are sitting with and asks you for advice about what he or she should do. Right, And so the objective here is to sort of make it a little less um, personal, uh, to take away some of your own personal biases, and to allow you to objectively observe the choices in front of that individual and to give that person your best advice. And when you do that, it may turn out that that's exactly the advice you should be listening to as well. James Martin talks about this um, uh, in, in an example from his own life, and he says, uh, this method freed me to see clearly. I knew what I had to do because I knew what he, the person, this imaginary person I was giving counsel to, had to do. Does that make sense? So again, imagine you're giving advice to someone who's in exactly your same circumstances, and that will help you to see a little more clearly what the best path forward is. Third, uh, again, not exhausted, but the third one I will lift up, the final one I'll lift up is imagine yourself at the point of death. And again, Martin even says here, that seems like it's a little bit morbid, but it brings great clarity, right? In the moment, you may be surrounded by all kinds of ways of thinking that are sort of um, noise, right? If you imagine yourself at the point of death, All of that noise sort of falls away, and you're able to see a little more clearly, maybe a lot more clearly, what's genuinely important and what isn't so important. Um, So he says again, this sounds more, but I know it's also clarifying. Think of yourself on your deathbed far in the future and imagine asking yourself, what should I have done? Uh, Often, it's easy to see why this is so effective, often we choose something that's more expedient now, the easier course, which we know might be a decision that we will regret. The old saying that no one uh, on his deathbed ever said, I wish I had spent more time at the office, captures some of this insight. So that's the, again, three very brief three of the tools that he lists in this chapter. Again, I would commend the whole chapter to you. The final point I will make, um, which is also really important to remember, it seems to me, when we are faced with any decision in life, is that um, no decision is perfect. And so we may, and, and Martin concludes, I think, very wisely his chapter with exactly this thought. When we're faced with a decision between, let's say, two good options, um, 
once we make the decision, if we discover that it's not perfect, that it didn't satisfy us fully, it's really important for us to remember it never could have, right? And that helps to put that decision in perspective. So here's uh, Martin again. One final comment about discernment. Making good choices means accepting that even the best decisions will have drawbacks. Even the best decisions will have drawbacks. Um, and then he says, when we accept that all choices are conditional, limited, and imperfect, our lives become paradoxically more satisfying, joyful, and peaceful. Um, so he concludes by saying, um, Ignatian discernment means trusting that through your reason and your inner life, God will help to draw you to a good decision because God desires for you to make loving, healthy, positive, life-giving choices. Um, so find whatever works for you, whatever draws you closer to God, and whatever helps you to make a good decision. And then finally, he says, most of all, trust that God is with you as you choose your paths in this life. Wherever you go, whatever decision you make, God will indeed be with you. Uh, I hope that's helpful. And I would, uh, as always, invite your thoughts about this. If you have discovered tools that have helped you in your own life to make good decisions, please, please, please share them below. I know other people would be grateful for them. As always, thanks for being with me. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm-hmm.